everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss, and I'm a licensed clinician specializing in OCD and anxiety treatment. Um, if you would like to uh, send in your question for a future episode, as this is a question and answer based podcast, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and click on the submit a question link there. Uh, send me a message. Uh, send me your question over there, and uh, I will read it and consider it and likely put it up. Again, you can also send me a, an audio. You can go over to Instagram. I am Fearcast Podcast over there, and you can send me an audio question there. You can send me a, a shared Google Drive link to um, uh, to uh, add that to the body of the email at, uh, at Fearcast Podcast. Either way, if you send me the audio, you'll go to the top of the list. If you send me an, a regular old text question, you know what? I'm still going to get to it. And you know what? I'm going to answer three of those questions, those messages, those text questions today. So well, I say three, we'll see. We'll see. I'm recording this very late. I'm, I'm, I'm sending it out late. I'm, I'm sitting down to record it late. It's going to go up late. Everything's late. Things are happening. It's just, it's a, it's a stressful time to be in my life. And I really shouldn't complain, but um, I also am one to need to figure out how to manage my schedule and my life and my stress level and all of that. So um, I am also in process. So I appreciate everybody's patience with this episode going out. Uh, so um, I don't think I have anything at the top other than IOCDF again, the online conference is going to be coming up in the next couple of months. Um, I'm going to be giving a couple of talks or participating in a couple of talks with a few folks. So check it out. Um, you can go to iocdf.org and they're going to have the most uh, up-to-date information there. And um, uh, I think that's all I got, everybody. Um, I, I guess before I, I jump off into the questions, as a, a simple reminder, uh, if, if you have a moment, if you like the show, if you're not just sitting there and hate listening to this, and just listening to my answers and just trying to just yelling at your 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 phone or your your car or whatever else it is you're doing and probably freaking out at the people while you're doing it um, and just yelling at, at it for how, you know all of my answers I don't know what you're doing you're the boss of you but if you like it which is great if you like it uh, go over to iTunes or Spotify wherever else it is that you're listening to this and uh, write a review give it a rating um, five stars, likes, hearts, whatever it is. Um, the highest would be preferable, obviously. Um, but um, you do you, you be honest. And um, e either way, the more ratings, the more reviews, it just helps other people to, uh, to find it and helps, uh, helps it go up the, uh, the, the ratings list so other people can find it as you have. All right. Well, let's jump into this, everybody. So the first question is going to be kind of all over the place. And they're all over the place. We're just going to say that. All right. The first one comes from someone who is identifying themselves as Pure O93. So, Pure O93. I've said this before. If you go over to Fearcast Podcast, I am going to ask you for your name, your real name, and your real email address, just in case I need to get in contact with you for emergency purposes. However, I have this little line that says, what name do you want me to use for the podcast? What you put in there, unless it's wildly offensive, I'm going to read it. So, here we are, everybody, talking to Puro93 out there somewhere. Or that's your name now. So, Puro93, they say, Hi, Kevin. 
I have Pure O and I have a lot of different themes going on, but the question I wanted to ask is, when I'm in my car listening to music, I find when I hear certain music, it makes me associate it to a previous time when I was in a relationship with my wife. Unfortunately, we have separated, but are still friends. We both love music, and we always listen to, uh, to the same artists. I find that I can't listen to certain artists because I, fi- I find I start heavily ruminating about our past or a future that hasn't happened yet. I really hate this because there are certain bands that I, I, that I love and want to be able to listen to, but I skip these songs because I want to avoid ruminating. But this is a problem I can't. Uh, I, I can. But oh, excuse me. But, but this is a problem um, I can't see, or I can see, and I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm not the only one who has OCD and obsessions about music in previous times. I'm not sure if this is uh, if this question has been asked before, but I hope there's some kind of way to de-associate a person to music I love. Thanks for your time and everything that you do. Well, Puro93, thank you for that question and. Um, I'm I'm sorry to hear this has happened. I I, I really am. Um, I, I I also love music. I I, I also have a lot of um, I there are there are a lot of songs that I have a lot of associations with, and for a lot of those songs, I cherish those associations. They are memories of a person or a place or a time or an interaction or you know the the, the building up of a relationship. Or um, you know the the height of of social relationships, and they they can be wonderful things. So it, so it, it does it, it it saddens me in the best possible empathetic way I can say that uh, that to say this is to hear that this is happening to you. So it's from from the top. I mean, I would say to a certain degree. Well, you know, what do you want to talk about the the rumination aspect of it? Um, but what you're talking about here is all also very normal. This is something that music does, and it does best. This is to a certain degree what you're talking about is what people love about music, is that it 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 speaks to us very deeply, and we can create these incredibly um, powerful uh, associations between a memory and a a song or a part of a song or the lyric of a song and even if the song has nothing to do with the memory that we have we create this bond between it so first i, I do want to just acknowledge that there there's a normative component to this if you're beating yourself up for having these associations and i i don't think that you are but if you are it's this is kind of this is this is brain stuff this is music stuff this is appreciation stuff um that that we should expect will happen um when we're listening to music so you also say that you're ruminating well that's one aspect that you can certainly control, um, meaning you, you, you can control your active part of the ruminating or the rumination. And, you know, if you were in my office, I'd be asking questions about, you know, like, what are you ruminating about? Are you, are, are, are you just kind of reminiscing about when things were good? Are you thinking back to, you know, some, some of those memories that you had that led to the ultimate disillusion of your relationship? And going, oh, man, I wish I'd said this, or I wish I didn't say that, or I wish things had gone just differently because we'd be together, or that, you know, 
I, I, I wish I had said that thing that dissolved our relationship sooner. I, you know, I, I don't know. But are you going back and kind of playing with some of these memories to try to change them and to turn them into something else to to kind of get to the answer, get to get to a a conclusion that feels like that feels right or that feels like you would have made a, a difference or that things would have been better or at the very least feels better and, and more resolved in a sense. And similar to the future, right? What stories are you are you playing out? Now, we, we could talk about all the different types of mental compulsions. Um, I, I, I published an article. You can check it out at, I probably mentioned this at the last episode too. Um, it, it's over at Psychology Today. I have a blog over at Psychology Today called Stronger Than Fear. It's the dumbest name possible, but they asked me to name it. I gave them like five names. The one I wanted to call it was Feelings Are Stupid because... You all know how I feel about feelings. Feelings are stupid. We feel them too much. Anyways, um, but they thought that was a little too aggressive. I think they're right. They're right. They are. Um, so we agreed on uh, stronger than fear. I still feel like it's cheesy. Anyways, you can check it out over there. You can go over to um, uh, calocd.com. It's up in the blog section. So it's a whole article just about the different types of mental compulsions that exist and which ones you might be doing and participating in. We do them for reasons. We do them to try to get to an answer and understand something or to feel that we have some agency in these situations. Um, but the reason I, I, it's helpful to know which ones they are is so that you can identify when you're doing them. And, you know, on this big giant list, and I think the list I have is 13, of 13 different ones, um, there might be some that you do more than others. So it can be helpful to go up there and, and check out which ones um, may, be, um, may be going on and that you can start to call, uh, call yourself out for it. But um, one thing that you can certainly do with this is once you can catch yourself in this, in this rumination, call yourself out for it and also point out that there's nothing that you can do about it. It's acknowledging that the, the engagement with it, the thing that is involving all your energy, and that is the compulsion in and of itself, it's going to solve nothing. At the end of the day, it solves nothing. But it's helpful to, to acknowledge that and then to, to call yourself out and then sit with that feeling of it being undone or not being done. I guess that's the same thing in a different way. But it's, it's, it's to say that this 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 activity I'm engaging with won't do the thing that I want it to do. So instead of continuing to hit my head against the wall, I'm going to sit here and just feel this feeling of what it's like to not have it solved. And it might feel weird. Sometimes it, to, to aid in this, if it comes with this mental association and maybe this visual story, if you're a, if you're a visual type of person, uh, I know I am, um, press pause on that image and just sit with the image. We don't need to then go into fixing it or solving it. And in fact, if you do, that's part of the problem, right? But simply to observe what is happening in that and just practice staying in it and kind of being okay with whatever feelings come up. It can be sadness. It can be hope. It can be dread. It can be regret. It can be maybe even happiness, maybe even joy. Who knows? But the point would be to sit with that. And to allow it to feel what it feels like. And to not hold on to it like it's important, but to let it wash through as you continue to do other things, as you move on afterwards to do other things. Similarly, 
You said, how do I how do I deassociate a person? Well, one, you might not be able to do to deassociate it, but you can start to reassociate it. You say you skip songs. You say you avoid um, certain artists or certain bands. Um, stop that. I probably could have said that nicer. Uh, engage with those things. Actually listen to them. Don't skip them. The ones you're skipping, those are exactly the ones to be listening to. And I want you to listen to those a lot. Listen to those all the time. Create a playlist. Do people still do that? Create a playlist of, at least I didn't say mixtape. I'm progressing. Anyways, create a, a, a playlist of all these songs that you're avoiding and that's what you now listen to. But I want you to not only listen to it when you're trying to torture yourself while driving your car, but I also want you to listen to it while you're at the gym and go for a hike and then go to the beach and then do dishes and do whatever else that it is that you're doing while listening to it. Go to Disneyland and listen to it if you can. Um, go do fun things and listen to it. Have I made my point? The point is, is you, the more you hear it, one, you're going to be, in a sense, uh, kind of habituating to the presence of that story, right? You're going to create, hopefully you're going to create a space that you can listen to it. And sometimes that memory of your ex is going to pop up. What you also might be able to do is to start associating that song with other people, other places, other activities that were not just her. And that can be great. So that can be a, a, a or at least a helpful thing to realize that this song can be heard and thought of in these different contexts. And one of those contexts will be the past or the future with her. But it can also be the bike riding song. It can be the song that you listen to at the gym, whatever it is. So hopefully that's helpful, Pure 093. And um, I, I, if you practice this, uh, shoot me an email. Go to fearcastpodcast.com and let me know how, how it went, how it has been working. Uh, we are all uh, interested. So I'm going to move on to the next question. The next question comes from Leah. Leah says, Hi there. I first off want to uh, say thank you. Or what is it? Uh, I first off I want to first off want to. Oh, okay. This is what's happening. First, off, I want to thank you for everything. You've helped me out so much with me, my HOCD, SOCD, SOOCD. Um, please never stop. With you do, you're a saint. Generous. That's it's generous at best. Delusional at worst. Anyways, um, anyways, my question is about uh, sexual orientation OCD. I am 16 years old and I've been struggling with this for about a month now. I know this is not long compared to others' experience, but I figure I may get, uh, I may try to get help as quickly as possible before it gets any worse. Smart move, by the way. Um, I've told my parents about it and at first it's, it felt better, but I, I feel like it's getting worse again. I think I'm starting to, or I, th I think I'm starting to feel a, a little bit depressed because of this. I really want this to go away. So I'm wondering if there's anything I can do. And they say, aside from getting a therapist, are there any tips or tricks that I can do? I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared to try uh, self-guided ERP as I fear it may be too risky. I would do anything to get my life back. And this is consuming most of my life. Thank you. So Leah, oh man, uh, being sixteen kind of sucks. Um, everything is everything is awful. You're kind of at the at the mercy of your parents' um, 
as I've said, feelings are stupid. And at 16, we have all of them. Um, and, and, and to add on to it, feeling stuck with this is, is rough. And I'm sorry to hear that. And, and I'm, and I'll say this exactly to your point. I'm, I'm glad that you have found this podcast and I hope that you have found other podcasts and other resources out there. There are a ton of them out there. Um, and a simple Google search is going to going to give you a ton of different things that you can do uh, or different resources with ideas on things on ways that you can approach uh, sexual orientation, OCD. And it, this is gosh, this has got to be the best. All right, here, here this, say this, I'm going to say this in the best possible way. This has got to be the best time to have OCD. In the sense that there's so, and someone out there is saying, there's never a good time to have OCD. Yes, I understand that. However, this is the, there's, there's, there has never been a time when there is more information readily accessible and free to everybody with an internet shot, which is everybody? Asterisk? Most people. You people. You found it. Anyways. So, so Leah, I, I, I hear you on that. So, tips and tricks. Uh, so, tips and tricks other than ERP? I mean, it's it, it. Well, I'll say this: ERP is kind of the name of the game. So, one thing that I would have you do, and I would encourage you to do, is to is to watch videos of other people talking about their treatment, and you'll hear what they did to help, and you'll hear what they did to get them kind of onto the other side. At the end of the day, one of the biggest things that someone will have to do is to create this tremendous shift. And this is the shift that every, that every therapist in every, in every office and every teletherapy session is trying to do. And it is, it is to shift willingness to experience a thought and a willingness to be open to the worst thing happening. It doesn't say wanting it to happen. It doesn't say trying to make that thing happen, whatever the thing is that you're afraid of. But it's to say, I'm open to it happening, and I'm going to live my life despite it. At the end of the day, I think that that is, that is what recovery from OCD looks like. Now, open, I, I've talked about this on the past, on past episodes. Open to the worst fear happening means, uh, means, pulling back on any safety mechanisms or avoidances that you're doing. So compulsions, things that you're doing to prevent X, Y, or Z from happening, right? And moving forward with your life anyways. Now imagine moving forward with your life anyways does not involve that thing that you're afraid of, really. It involves other stuff, maybe other relationships, other interactions, movies, TV, books you want to read, magazines you want to read, whatever it is. It's, it's stuff that you want to do, but you're saying, oh, no, there's this sexual orientation thing that's so detrimental to my life. It's such an obstacle and impediment to my life. Okay. I know that you're afraid to start ER, a self-guided ERP. They're, they're one of the... One of the a book that might be really helpful for you, and I bet you can get this at almost any library, uh, is um, is the Mindfulness Workbook for OCD. It's by Hirschfeld and Corboy. Uh, that's that's going to be a great and easy book to start working your way through. It's very compassionate, very understandable. I'm not getting a kickback for that. Um, I mean... I'll try to have Hirschfield on the podcast at some point, but you know, he's doing stuff. Anyways, he's not sending me a kickback. I know that. Unless you are Hirschfield and you're listening to this, 
I would love some ducats from this, but it probably won't be coming. Anyways, point is there there are a lot of there are a lot of really good workbooks out there, Leah, that you should should avail yourself to and and give them a try. You say they're too risky, but too risky for what? And I think in that question, you're you are you're you are talking about the mind shift that I'm talking about. You're saying it's dangerous. It's dangerous to indulge these thoughts because if I do <gasps> That's the point. You have to see. That's what ERP does. It is getting you, ERP is getting you closer and closer to the thing that you're afraid of while resisting doing anything that would that would undermine, help you to avoid that feeling, get rid of, neutralize that feeling, and it's to kind of call its bluff. So there are also ways to start challenging the legitimacy of that thought. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about. Um, uh, 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 the inference-based treatments, there are cognitive restructuring treatments out there you can do. And what those do is to help you to challenge the way that you're thinking about those thoughts and to try to come up with a, a more rational, uh, clearer, more understandable way to view those thoughts and you in the context of those thoughts. And to kind of see that, I mentioned this on a previous episode, trust your compulsive conclusion. There is a Within a compulsive cycle, you're, you are fighting for something, for a side, for a side that reflects what you, in a sense, truly believe or who you truly believe that you are or what you truly believe to be about. This obsessive thought jumps in and then makes you question that and goes, are you sure about that? And it can be very easy to jump into it, to jump into the, 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 the ring with it and try to prove your point. No, no, no anxiety, no, no, OCD doubt. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. And let me tell you, here's this experience and that experience. And let me check this feeling. See, I told you I felt it. Or, you know, I told you I didn't feel it, whatever it might be. You're defending something. I'm willing to bet. And in the vast majority of cases I've worked with, that thing that you're defending is the, the person that you believe yourself to be. Trust that. But you bypass that compulsive cycle and you trust that conclusion as if it were true from the start. And you, you acknowledge the thought is there, but then you say, all right, if I am who I said that I am, what would I do anyways? And that is going to give you some information about what you would do and what you would not do in that situation. So, Leah, I, I hopefully, hopefully this was not too much more confusing. If anything, I would say, don't be... Be, be, uh, what am I trying to say here? Be bold and brave and try a self-guided ERP. If finding a therapist right now is not in the cards, get, get a workbook, get a couple of workbooks and start going through them. You can go through them at your pace and you can do what you're willing to do. And willing here, willingness here is a incredible tool. You don't have to do the stuff that you read about in blogs or do the stuff that you see OCD influencers talking about themselves doing. And sometimes people are going to talk about these Olympic level ERP things that sounds terrifying to someone on the front end of treatment. Start small. Seriously, I've done exposures with people where our, our, we work up to just saying the word gay. That's it. And there are different ways to do that, but it's you go at your pace, Leah, but you take a little step into fear and you see how it goes. Did the thing happen? Did it not happen? 
and then take another one. It's kind of like if you're afraid of heights, put a piece of paper on the ground, step on it. You're a little bit higher than you were before, but you're fine with that, right? Okay, now put another one. How do you feel? Terrified yet? No, you're probably still fine. You keep doing that. You keep putting pieces of paper down, and at some point, you're going to get up to a height and go, oh, it's high. It, or I get a little bit of that wiggly-wobbly feeling. I don't like that very much. Great. Stay there and wait to get used to that height, and then put another piece of paper underneath you. That, that's all. That's ERP. So find a way to do that for yourself and give yourself permission and give yourself courage to go do that. So Leah, I, I hope this was helpful. Keep listening to podcasts like this. Keep listening to other podcasts like this. And you will, you'll get there. You'll keep pushing yourself. So again, best of luck. And I appreciate the question. All right. So the last question comes from Jamie. I'm going to try to zippity zip through this because I know that this is, I'm trying to keep podcasts short, but I just can't stop myself from talking forever. You've noticed, you've listened to anyways. So Jamie says, hi, Kevin, I have experienced ROCD for well over a year now. Uh, More commonly, I experience feelings of not wanting to be with my partner, not wanting our relationship, etc. The feeling of, quote, not wanting us is my biggest struggle. I've never heard anyone speak on this. My OCD therapist suggests I should just accept that feeling without trying to make meaning or figure it out. I clearly don't want this to be, uh, uh, or want it to be this way. And uh, I, I, I want to have the, quote, want of wanting my relationship as my partner as I just got engaged. Uh, this is such a struggle. Thanks for reading. So, so Jamie, I, I'm kind of in the boat with your, with your therapist on this. Um, in the sense of, at the end of the day, yes, you will have to accept that feeling of not wanting us. I would ask you, what does that mean? What does not wanting us feel like? Because I don't, because th- I, I, I don't think that the 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 not of the not wanting us is is not one of the typical uh, emotions that people experience. Not typical meaning, um, you know, when I like it's it's pr- not wanting us is probably not going to be the next character in Inside Out too, um, because not wanting us is is a it, it's it's kind of a, a conglomeration of feelings or sensations and conclusions and cognitions that you're lumping together into the phrase not wanting us. I want to know what that means. And I want you to know what that means. Because you're saying you don't want you, but then you also say, but you do want you so much so that you got engaged. So which one is it, lady? You either actually, Jamie, I don't know if this is boy, Jamie or girl, Jamie. Hmm. And you say, my partner, mm, this is a conundrum for me. Anyways, Jamie, um, wh- wh- yeah, whatever. I'm g- I was trying to come up with a good joke. Can't. It's late. Anyways, so Jamie, um, point is, what does that mean? You don't want you. I mean, you do want you. You don't, you, you, you don't want that feeling. So you, you want the wanting of the relationship back. What does wanting the relationship feel like? Now, do you want the relationship when you're angry at your partner? 
because I'm willing to bet, you know, at that time you're like, oh, I just don't want to be around you or you feel you don't feel the wanting then. But you'd probably still say that you do want it then, even though you don't feel the wanting then. So when you say you don't, you have the not wanting us feeling in that moment, you say, I don't want this not wanting us feeling. So what does the not wanting us feel like in that moment that you're saying this one trumps any wanting that I could have been experiencing, but I don't have it right now when that's bad because I have the not wanting us feeling. And that negates my wanting. But I better go and I better go get that ring and engage with them because I want them, but I don't want this right now. I think that's the confusing part, right? So, what does it feel like? I want you to break it down. I want you to break it down into its subsequent parts. I want you to break it down so that as if you were to email me again, and you'd say, it feels like this, and I wouldn't have any question with what you are experiencing. Do you feel tightness in your chest? Do you feel that rumbly-tumbly feeling in your, in your tumbly? Rumbly in my tongue. You know what Winnie the Pooh says. Anyways, that feeling, do you feel tightness? Or is it is it a narrative? When you say the feeling of not wanting us, is it a thought you don't want us? I hear this all the time. People say, I have I feel X, but what they really mean is I think Y. So that's another part of this is to break this down. So what is it that you're saying is so intolerable? that you have to spend, I'm willing to bet, a bunch of time trying to eliminate that feeling or convince yourself that you do want to be with your partner. What is so bad about it? Break it down. And then welcome it. Welcome it as part of you, part of your experience. You say you want to be in your relationship, so much so that you got engaged. Okay. So we're going to Pull back on the struggle. ACT talks about this struggle switch. It's this little switch at the back of your brain. You turn it off. Now, it's easier said than done, obviously. But it's this idea of like, what are you doing when you struggle with something? How are you fighting with it? Do you fight? A, do you yell at it? Do you try to avoid it? Do you try to suppress the feeling? Do you try to tell yourself, I'm not supposed to think about that, so you try to suppress that, I'm going to think about something else, Right? to try to run away from it? What do you do? Do you tighten your body? Do you look at someplace else? Do you pull up pictures of your of your fiance and try to think about how wonderful they are? I don't know. But I want you to think about that. What is it that you do when you fight? And then I want you to turn off the struggle. You're not going to struggle with it. You're going to let that wave wash over you. If you've ever been in the ocean, if you start, you know, if you start wading into the ocean, the waves as they come at you, they're going to push you. Sometimes a fun game that we used to play when we were kids is we'd go out to the ocean, we'd stand there, we'd try to like hold our ground against a wave and to see, you know, like how big of a wave that we could, I don't know, like withstand. Um, and, you know, the wave is going to push you back a little bit because it's the ocean and it's strong. Um, but it t- and it, t- it, t- it takes a lot of effort and planning. You've got to like dig your feet into the into the sand and kind of like brace your shoulder against it. And when it comes, you kind of push into it too, and it kind of smacks your face a little bit. It's a lot of work to withstand this wave, but you know it's a lot it, a lot easier is just float. That wave will come and it will push you, and it will push you back into the the. And this is also a fun game we used to play. Then you just float and you let the wave push you in onto the shore. And then as it as it uh, retreats back into the ocean, it will pull you along with it. And then another wave will hit you and push you back up. And that's what we want to be with our feelings and those thoughts. 
it comes in and we're not going to fight against it. It pushes us. We go, all right, it's going to push us. That's weird. And we just kind of gently get pushed. And then we gently go back and we gently get pushed again. But we let we, we just let those feelings come and go without fighting with them because that takes all the effort. I want you to do less, Jamie. We're doing less with these feelings. So I know there are a lot of other exposures you can do, a lot of other exercises you can do, but that's the mindset I would like you to have. And you can talk about that with your therapist. In fact, I would encourage you, if anybody is out there and um, I say something to do or I give you suggestions um, and uh, you go, my therapist would not have me do that, um, then talk to your therapist about that and say, hey, this dude, this Muppet apparently, um, has some things to say. Um, What do you say? And they might say, great. They might say, awful. Trust if you trust your therapist, trust them. So, anyways, Jamie, I hope this has been helpful. I really appreciate this question. I'm so sorry you're struggling with this uh, ROCD. It's certainly not fun, but um, it is overcomable, and and you got this. So, all right, everybody. Um, I think I'll just slide that music in right here at the very end. I do appreciate everybody's uh, everybody listening. I love knowing that I can be a part of other of, of your recovery story, and knowing that that if I can help you just to take one step further towards your goals, great. That's the whole point of all of this. And I, 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 again, I'm going to do this until I stop getting questions, and at which point I'll figure out something else to do with my time. But until then, I'm going to I'm going to answer your questions and do the best I can to help you get one step closer. And I, again, I, I appreciate everybody being along for the ride and trusting me with that. All right, um, enough of that. So I will uh, let everybody, uh, as I tell all my clients, I'll release you all back to the wild. Um, Everybody, please remember that FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can go to the Find Help link, and there's going to be some links up there for you to help you. Uh, if you have a question, go to the Submit a Question link there. Again, we've talked about audio versus just text. You can find me over at Instagram. I'm Fearcast Podcast over yonder. So until next time, everybody, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye. Thank you.